Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 podcast. And I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and we are presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family, and my guy, Nate, is here. He is our weekday boo. What's up, man? What up, what up, what up? I feel like we only do weekdays now, so I guess I'm just your boo. (laughs) So you're not my side chick, but my main chick. Yeah, All right, let's get into yeah, let's get into this thing. Um, there's a lot of people watching the big game. Is the big game Super Bowl or is that the college football championship? Like, is it's is, not is, the national championship this year, no matter what it normally is. No, yeah, absolutely that. Yeah, so I everybody's watch, I literally watched one second of the game. I turned it on, saw the score, turned it off. It took me less than one second. That's all I watched tonight. So I moved myself into my sunroom, which I record in. And so here, if you can see where the camera is, I have my TV that it's connected to. And so I've been watching the Grizzlies on that. Um, and we'll, we'll turn my camera a little bit tonight. And then if you look over here, sorry about the uh, stuff. You can see the, the championship game on over there. This is mainly my kids area uh, slash my office. I've been watching both. I've had the the sound on, obviously, Pete and Brevin, because that's better. Uh, but once the game got off, I turned on to a little Pat McAfee. That was a lot of fun. They they were much more entertaining than the game was, for sure. But uh, the national championship game was an absolute blowout. And if you look at this Grizzlies game, my God, was it boring or was that me? Yeah, it wasn't a good time. It was a good game. Listen, I, I don't know why people are mad i think it was a good win for the grizzlies but it wasn't enjoyable an enjoyable watch even though it was a good win yeah let's uh black Lives matter coming strong man uh what's up and uh red rocket matt Dude, bonner right. on the call awesome. uh, tonight i love i love matt bonner he's a a former florida gators who did really well that top of the key three-pointer from him was just like iconic and just of who he was uh, he he was so good, but he came over on the call because uh, it looks like Valley Southwest was out for a for a I guess a little bit uh, during the game, and he came over from the Spurs broadcast and was giving a little bit of insight. But the fact that Pete and Brevin were able to bring him in, whatever the show is abnormal, and bring in a third person, it's not easy. Like bringing a third person in this show is not easy. I can't imagine it within a game and you have a flow. You're having a color guy. You're having a play by play guy. There's a lot that happens, and so shout out to those guys. But yeah, Matt Bonner, man, he is—he's uh, cool. I like him, um, but it also makes me appreciate Pete and Pete and Brevin so much more because 
hearing them and then hearing him, I, you know, I, I love my guys, right? It's it's not the same. Was there's levels to this? <laughs> Beat forever at the top of those levels. Yeah, they are. We're lucky to have them here, honestly, uh, within the Grizzlies. But let's get into the game a little bit. It seemed like it was just just I don't know. It, it, it just seemed like there was no method to the madness. It seemed like it was a Sunday afternoon when there was much more important things on. Honestly, even though the game was way out of hand, it just seemed like that. But throughout the entire game, there was no just mm, like you just needed something. And there was no excitement. If you were there in the, in the crowd, obviously there was excitement, but there wasn't anything that was major. But the fact that the Grizzlies come over the win, that's the most important part, right? Is the is getting the win because these are the games that are you can easily lose. Well, and it's just never going to be one of those games. Spurs right now are just not a good team. It's never going to be one of those games where it, there's an excitement, right? There's only right. going to be a nervousness that you might lose. It's not an excitement to win, but um, I think the only part where that gets exciting is where it did get exciting when you need a run in the fourth and you yeah. get a couple of steals and defensive stops and then that. Fly by three by Dez. You know, that was about the time I thought there was some excitement in the game. But it's different than the Jazz game where the Jazz have played people tough all year. And you you think, well, that's a good team and it's a good win to be able to get. The Spurs, it's like they play people sort of tough, but there's no reason you should ever lose to yeah. these Spurs. And so it was always going to be that type of game. But I was, listen, I was impressed by them. That's seventh one in a row sixth straight that's a back-to-back game right Right. so it's um or they're six straight that were part of back-to-backs third straight second half back-to-back they've won which is tough to do that's that's super tough to do right and they pull it off and lock it in when it mattered in the fourth quarter so uh good win by them listen they're all good wins but this one i thought wasn't especially a good win i thought the spurs played well so good job for the grizzlies pulling it off locking in when it mattered yeah, there, there's nobody on the uh, that Spurs that you're just like, wow, like that's that's what we're excited to see. Like honestly, uh, Devin Vassell, he's not on, the, you know, he's not playing. Kelton Johnson wasn't playing, and so those are their their main two guys. Mm-hmm. It was a battle of the Jones brothers, right? And it was a good game out of both of them. And so shout out to uh, Mama Jones. Shout out to the Jones boys. Uh, Trey Jones had 18 points, and then Tyus being the big bro. Big Stones, 24. Uh, good night out of him. Uh, yeah, Baby Stones was fun to watch, as Black Lives Matter said. Um, it, I, I, like I said, I've always been a I – come, I come and I present. I am a Duke fan, right? I love the Jones boys. I just do. I love anybody at Duke. But I love that these guys are still doing it in the NBA. They are legit – career backup point guards they just are they're not going to wow you they are professionals is what what they both come off to me as uh but the grizzlies just overall every starter was in double figures santi aldama had a great game double figures with 13 zaire williams with 11 uh and then you had xt with nine uh coming off the bench as well so uh overall it was a great game it was a little weird out of kenley kennedy chandler he didn't look like himself tonight uh maybe the mass fogged up Maybe maybe he had maybe his anti fog wasn't working. I'm not sure, uh, but it was a weird game out of him. But uh, but let's get into some things we want to talk about. All right, and then we're going to go ahead and get into our two things from tonight. 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you first, Nate. Uh, what's your uh, What's one thing that you saw tonight, or anything you want to talk about with this game? Well, I think our second one's going to be the same thing. So I'll, I'll go with the other one I have, which is Zaire Williams. The past two games looked like the Zaire Williams we thought we would get coming into the season. I mean, he's knocking down pull-up jumpers off the dribble. He's making really good reads out of pick and roll. He's driving to the basket well. And, you know, I'm Team Roddy all the way. Hmm. I can't really be mad with what they're doing with the rotations right now. I mean, the way that Tillman has played the past few opportunities he's gotten, the way Z's playing, and then Conchar's just sort of established himself as part of the rotation as well. That's really the the guy I would say give Roddy minutes over. But, you know, it's I can't be mad at the rotations. I know there's probably plenty of people mad about rotations right now, even though the Grizzlies just won their seventh straight, which makes a lot of sense to me. But it, I – uh I can't be mad, even though I want Roddy to succeed and to get a bunch of playing time. So if Zaire keeps playing like that, keep it up. And, I mean, I think one of the biggest things I saw from Zaire tonight was his activity off the ball on the defensive end and rebounding. He had some really aggressive, tough rebounds tonight that, to me, scream what we talked about last time, which is confidence. That shows that he's confident and he's back to feeling the flow of the game and really feeling like he he can go out there and just play instead of thinking, oh, I need to do this, or I need to do that. And so the rebounds and then getting in passing lanes, playing aggressive defense, he just looks like he's back to being confident and in the flow of the game, and that's really, really good. Yeah, he's, he's starting to kind of feel himself. The last two games, if you actually break down the numbers, he's, he's two of eight from three. That isn't enjoyable right that's not that that's not great that that needs to obviously improve because that's really what he's here to do is knock down those those open shots that's what honestly nobody is really doing on this Grizzlies team but desire looking like himself taking baby steps that's fine it's still way early in the season um what are we 40 games in we're not even halfway yet two more games and we'll be halfway through or one more game we'll be halfway through so the next Spurs game will be halfway through uh, at this point, but the fact that Zaire is starting to get there and have glimpses of himself, uh, I'm excited about. I have three things. Let me give my my first one. This is going to be 1A. We don't need to talk about it. But how funny is it that Steven Adams had an absolute <laughs> boring 15 rebounds? <laughs> he had a double-double with 13 points, 15 rebounds. Jan whatever he looked like he was sleepwalking and had 15 boards shout out to uh the big kiwi hack a kiwi as we saw tonight uh hey, so he shout made him out. pay though he made yeah. him pay he did maybe he's going to um is it jeremy is it sohan sohan jeremy yeah, yeah. jeremy sohan maybe he's going to the one the one-hander the free throw why not? I don't. Maybe. I don't think he needs to think about his free throws anymore than he already is. I think maybe. he needs to take the entire All Star break <laughs> to just shoot and just realize, oh, I can make these because he's he's yeah. so much better at free throws than he's shooting right now, which is still not good at him. <laughs> but right. he's better than he's been so far this season. But uh, listen, he he just activated in the second and third quarters. The middle quarter, Stevo. I think it was really the third quarter. Just went to town. Yeah. I mean, he was getting. There was one time he got the Grizzlies four shots on one trip to the end of the floor. They missed every one of them, but he got them all. <laughs> he kept feeding them for him. So shout out to Steve-O, man. The dude is just doing work. 
Yeah, he had a uh, absolute boring sleepwalking double double shoot. Shout out to uh, Funaki. Love Funaki. He actually had a good stat about him uh, tonight. So go check out his uh, Twitter account. Funaki stats is great. Uh, but the one thing I want to talk about is uh, before we get into the one, I think we're both on the same page on. Uh, I want to talk about Tyus Jones. Mm-hmm. Tyus Jones in the, the games where uh, we haven't had John Morant. A lot of times we want to we want to look at Tyus as being a great backup. And I've said that. I think Tyus is the guy who he is. He's just a he's just a boring backup. He's not going to ever wow you, but he's going to be steady. He's the steady girlfriend, right? The one you always go back to, especially when times get rough. So he is that guy. And tonight, Tyus 24 points, six assists, two of four from deep. That's what you want out of a point guard. But I ask, is this setting himself up to be a main point guard of another team? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, he, you see his numbers. He's averaging over 20 and what, six? assist i think it's averaging over yeah. 20 and 6 maybe even higher in the assist department but as a starter like who couldn't benefit from that in the league yeah. like i know that they have marcus smart in boston but tyus jones would be a better starting point guard for them well, well now they have malcolm brogdon let's just be honest but yes i get what you're saying i i'm just saying tyus could go in and he just connects all these all these teams that have these wings that are their star players Tyus is the ultimate connector for that, who can also, they can pass it to him and he can knock down a shot. So, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, like Black Lives Matter said, Minnesota guy, they would be tough because you unlock a little bit of Anthony Edwards. But something yep. I will say, and this is totally off of our other second thing that we want to talk about, uh, but it got me thinking today. I was listening to the uh, the No Bluffing podcast, who is a part of the Grizz One Network. Shout out to those guys. It was a great podcast today that I listened to. Uh, so go listen to them. Even though they talked a lot about Jordan Clarkson, I was offended when I heard the name. It was weird. I vomited twice every time. It was a I don't know, weird reaction. But um, I, I thought to myself, because they were talking about extending Dylan Brooks, giving him an extra contract. I'm not against that at all. But what I also think about is as a businessman, a person, that's what first thing is in, in my head, is I think about the business side of things. Just like Tyus, if the Grizzlies wanted to move on from Tyus, they are okay. It's like, hey, putting your putting your money in a savings account and feeling feeling comfortable that if you ever need to exchange it for more money or potentially the same amount of money, you always have that. The same with Dylan Brooks. The way he's playing right now, it's good enough and it's safe enough that if you were to give him an extension or pay him in general, I feel like you're going to get your money out of that, whether it's him playing on your team or whether that's trading him off. Do you feel the same way about those two guys? Because I feel like they aren't long for the Grizzlies for forever, but I think they're really good for them right now in this small window that the Grizzlies have created for themselves. I think Tyus can't be long for the Grizzlies. He's just too good, to be honest. Um, And... He's too good, and I think that money can be used for something mm. like a Gary Trent Jr. or mm. a Malik. Not Malik Beasley won't get the same type of money, but another piece that fits the Grizzlies' needs better. Because 
Well, Tyus is awesome, and I love having him on the Grizzlies. I love to have him on the Grizzlies his entire career. Right. The truth is, the Grizzlies, if you're playing to win a bunch of regular season games, perfect. Yes, yes. But you you need John Morant to be healthy if you want to win a championship. And if John Morant is healthy, you're probably better served having that money spent on somebody who's more of a shooter and less of an on-ball person. And listen, Tyus is knocking down threes at a really high clip this year. Right. He's doing a lot of stuff off ball that's really helpful, but it's not what he's built to do. It's and it's not what his skill set is. It's not what he wants to do, probably, right? You know, so I think that the Grizzlies I, I don't see them moving on from him this year. Could they move on from him next year? I wouldn't be as surprised. Yeah. Will they re-sign him? I, I doubt they, they are able to, even if they want to, yeah. to be honest. But um Dylan, on the other hand. I think Dylan is playing himself more so into someone I could see being on this team long-term. And we talked a lot before the season started about, okay, you got to be, you got to be willing to play this role, right? You got to be willing to fill in this exact role, take X amount of shots as opposed to so-and-so and so-and-so taking amount of shots, all this. And he's really done that. And he has been more impressive on the defensive end than I thought he would be, which was the main thing we all thought he would contribute, right? Yeah. I mean, Jaron is putting up freaky, freaky numbers defensively, right? I would argue Dylan deserves to be in the defensive player of the year mm. conversation more than Jaron at this point. More? More than Jaron, yes. Wow. Listen, Have you been Jaren, drinking tonight? If Jaron keeps doing like that, not nearly as much as you. If Jaron <laughs> keeps putting up these numbers every night and is averaging – I mean, he's averaged – about eight blocks a night, it feels like, lately. Listen, Dylan guards everyone from Zion Williamson to Steph Curry to Laurie Markkinen and does a great job doing it. He does a great job doing it. And so, listen, are we going to – I know I've heard a lot of people say, well, it can't just be the numbers, but then they talk about Jaron's block numbers. Or we, I mean, you watch Dylan play defense night in and night out. He does an unbelievable job. His offense right. last night against Utah, terrible. And he was a freaking hero on the defensive end. He made Lori's life miserable all night long. And listen, there's that's what the defensive player of the year in my mind should be. The guy who is you, you got to guard somebody, you got an all-star matchup that you need someone to go in and play them tough. That's your defensive player of the year guy. That's Dylan on this team. Jaron's awesome. I think D- Jaron makes a huge difference, allows Dylan to do what he does, but I also think Dylan allows Jaron to do what he does to an extent. So, mm. listen, numbers-wise, Jaron's going to be the one that gets all the accolades and the recognition. I think as Grizzlies fans, we need to recognize what Dylan does night in and night out, and it's not normal. That's not normal. There's not a lot of guys yeah. in the league that do that. Um, so, yeah, I, that's, I, w- I would say that. I yep. recognize I'm probably in a small camp saying that, but, yeah, absolutely. Your camp's on fire. I'm just go- I'm joking completely. I, I like Dylan um, – as defensive Dylan, who he is right now, he is playing on an exceptional level. I don't think either one need each other in a sense. I, I really don't. I think probably if I had to be made to make a decision, I think Dylan needs Jaron more than Jaron needs Dylan in different yeah. ways. I think Jaron needs Steve-O more than he needs Dylan because Steve-O allows him to 
play the smaller guy and to be the roamer. I think Dylan needs Jaron because, hey, you, I'm going to guard you out on the perimeter because if you go past me, good luck. Like, it only gets tougher, right? Don't try to go at the rim oh, yeah. because you're going to have problems. I think that's the issue. I think they both need each other. I think they don't need each other in the same same breath. Like, that, that's obviously a cop-out and a double negative, but I think that they both they both benefit from each <laughs> other, but I don't think they have to have each other. But if I had to choose one of the other, other I would definitely say Dylan needs Jaron more than the other, uh, just for different reasonings. But both of them are playing at an exceptional level right now. I, I think both 100% should be in the conversation of defensive player of the year. They should both be in the top five, which means that they should be on the first team all defense, which would be crazy yeah. to me to see two Grizzlies on first team offense. After the start that we had, it was laughable how bad the Grizzlies were in the very <laughs> beginning of the year to, to now. Yeah. But it also, I look at games like tonight, which are throwaway games to coaches to front offices, to players. These are throwaway games. I don't want to spend any time on the game tonight because, honestly, it's like, <laughs> hey, show up, take care of business, get some numbers, and then, hey, let's go take it to the house. Like, that yeah. is legit, the mindset. Um, I would imagine, like, Dylan being known as the guy who studies a lot of film. Who is he watching? Langford? <laughs> is he watching yaka Pertle? like what What was he watching before the game like what's on his his film he's like all right i gotta study i gotta study i gotta study <laughs> I trade jones i think that's probably why like the the spurs do so well is because it's like who are you supposed to guard like we're just gonna pass it and whoever's open take a shot right. if they're falling that right. night they fall and if they're not they don't but um yeah i was sitting there and i was like <laughs> i bet dylan's pretty confused right now because he's like nothing's hard <laughs> nothing's difficult uh, but listen, what's Malachi? What's his name? I, I Brandon. Malachi Brandon. Yeah, he uh, he shot the barley well tonight. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be a thumper for the guy. But listen, I thought that Spurs team played really well tonight. But yeah, there's nothing to take from that game other than what I think our third thing is going to. Yeah, be. let's go. Let's go ahead and get to uh to our thing that we want to both talk about. Uh, what do you got? Your second thing of two things. What's it? Is it? And I think this is your third thing. Is my third thing? Your second? Whatever. Through sometime in the fourth quarter, Jaron Jackson Jr. had the same amount of shot attempts as Steven Adams. Why? 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 I, I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. I so Jaron Bain is the second best scorer on this team. Right. Jaron is the second most, some nights, number one mismatch you have on yeah. the floor. And when you are needing to get a bucket and you have a team that's stalling out, what did and they do? Small. And they do small. When the game got tight, what did they do? They threw the ball to Jaron. Yes. Why does it take that being the case? This was never a game that was out of hand. No. The Spurs were never out of even the when, Even when they went down, they, they felt okay. Yeah, it wasn't like they got down 20 points. They got down, I think, maybe 13. I think maybe it was the most tonight. Maybe Who? even less than that. The Spurs. The Grizzlies? The Spurs. Oh, the Spurs. I mean, yeah, sorry, yes. Why the are you not feeding Jaron Jackson Jr. the ball? He has Jeremy Sohan guarding him. And what happened the one time they started trying to feed him? 
You know what it did? It opened up a three, so they weren't taking a three off the dribble. And Zion Williams drained a corner three. Yeah. It's and the fact that you have a guy that not only can you feed him in the post against a small team like the Spurs, you can give it to him up top and he can take guys off the dribble. There's so many different ways to get him the ball. And the fact you didn't find, use any of them drives me crazy because you're running plays for Dez. Right. Out of timeouts. You're running plays for Dylan off of screens. Why can't we do that for Jaron? Yeah. Who is your biggest mismatch and with Jaw out, your second best score. I don't I don't understand it. And I think, listen, part of it's on him. He needs to demand the ball. He needs to get a mentality where he demands the ball, but I don't understand how it's not being drawn up for it. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah. It's pretty wild to me. I, I well, don't know if it's a coaching thing or just the way the game fly, plays out. But All right. So I, I don't think this is a coaching thing at all. Okay. And I've been – This is genuine. I would love to hear why. Yes. I don't think this is a coaching thing. I've been on both sides as a player, as a coach, whatever. Um, I understand a little bit of both sides on what goes through – the game and kind of what your mentality is with within coaching. Like you're setting up, I don't know, I, I guess a different flow of, of the game offensively on, Hey, we want to, we want to run the ball through this guy. We want to, we want to use this as our flow, such as back screens, front screens, whatever. If it's one-on-one with jaw, if it's just movement, whatever. The fact that Jaron Jackson jr. Has two fouls. And he doesn't just go grab the first person he sees and tries to put his butt on them and demand the ball. And you know what happens? He's probably going to get a foul called on him for offensive foul. But you know what he's going to say is, give me the damn ball. That's what he needs to say. And that's what and that's what has to happen, especially on the night that you're playing a San Antonio Spurs team when this, the tallest guy, on is he 6'8"? Like, let's just be honest. Jacoperto might be tall. Who cares? He's Freddie Got Finger too, for all for goodness sakes. Like, he should be starring in that film, not playing for the San Antonio Spurs. Jaron Jackson Jr., who played for Michigan State, needs to go get his butt on somebody and back him into the third row and say, give me the damn ball. And you know what? If that happens two times in a row, who cares? Who cares? Eventually, they got to get him the ball asterisk i can't say that because of how mad i get been getting at jaron for dumb fouls his entire career so i can't in good conscience say i would be okay with that because i'm like jaron that's the type of foul you can't have man who cares <laughs> me, if it, me if it had they happened. don't want to win me they if it had happened win. me if it had happened <laughs> it, i'm just telling you i'm just telling you if Jaron gets a silly offensive foul, I get mad. It's just it's a nature of the beast at this point. But the overall sentiment, yeah, 100% with you. And I think we have seen the past couple of games, Jaron get a little bit more mean, which Easy I think though. is good. It, on on big plays, when he gets like an open play on a dunk or something like that. That's what I've but seen. Like that, get, that play against the Jazz, when he just took it off the dribble and decided to hammer it home, that's the kind of stuff we need from him. Now, right. is it consistent? God, no, no. Of course not. We wouldn't be having this conversation if it was. But I think being able to see that happen is like, okay, maybe he's starting to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know that for sure. But well, I, he needs to and his team needs to because it drives me insane to see them jack up 
eight missed jumpers in a row. And I'm like, you've got this seven foot dude being guarded by this six, four dude. I don't know what else to tell you. It is easier just on an offensive end. When you see the guy flash out beyond the three, there's nobody behind him. It's an easier pass to get it to a guy such as Desmond Bain. The reason the offense flows more through Desmond Bain is he pops out. There's nobody there. He's open for a three. You pass it to him. It's harder to say, Hey, there's a guy behind you. I know you're really big and you have a wingspan of a, an eight footer. I don't know. Just throw it to the hand. Like it's not hard, but the, the thing is their offense doesn't look in. Okay. It's always looking out. I think there does have to be a change of looking in a little bit more. Yep. And I know that's what a lot of people are saying. A lot of fans are saying, uh, Black Lives Matter is even saying that a lot of a lot of it is Dylan throwing it in. I've seen more of Ja do that. I've seen Bain work a little bit with uh, with Dylan, uh, but there has to be a look in to create more movement and openness on the outside, and that's going to happen. But even if it doesn't, Jaron has to be the guy who eventually says, "Give me the ball," because if not it's going to just kind of go as the flow mm-hmm. goes. He has to yeah. be, he has to be the person who, who, who disrupts it. He has to be the disruptor and says, this is how it's got to be. And until well, he does that, it's going to stay like this. And he's not great at getting in position on the post either. So let's acknowledge exactly, that. He's exactly. not good at getting in position on the post. Even when he's trying to, he has not really figured out how to do that well yet. But I do think there has to be, and I'm not one of these, the Grizzlies need to change up their entire offense, do this, that, and right. other when Jaws on the floor. I do think when you have Jaron in there and there's a mismatch, it just has to be, okay, forget the offense, give him the ball. There has to be that switch in philosophy when that happens is our seven-foot freak has a 6'4 guard on him or a 6'5 wing, whatever it may be, throw him the basketball and just do it and forget yeah. all the rest. And then move, and somebody's going to be open because they're not going to let – Freaking Trey Jones, Jeremy Sohan, whoever's out there, Bates Diop, guard Jaron. They're going to double it, and then you're going to get an open shot somewhere. Or you're going to be able to create an open shot for someone off of another pass. So that's something that's got to get flipped. I think Jaron needs to do a better job of getting position. But then the Grizzlies need to do a better job of forcing the issue when you have that too. So I think there's a lot needs to go into it. I would be surprised if it's not adjusted by the end of the season, though, because I think they've already started to make adjustments and yeah. trying to make it happen. They're 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 all making adjustments, and that that's from the the coaching staff to the players. They're all making adjustments. Jaron has never been that player. Okay, so this is still new to them. I know we're watching it. I know we're seeing it. I know they're talking about it. I know they're seeing it. But this is still new to them. Jaron has never been this type of player who's de- been a guy who's demanded in the in the paint. He just hasn't. But Chris says, like, G&G, like with Grit and Grind, rode Zebo till they forced the other teams to stop it. And the Grizzlies, now, they do stop it themselves, but also they kind of get in the flow of the game, and they feel like, hey, we're not going to go down to him. We have an open three now. I get that. That makes sense. I'm not going to judge them on that. But the reason they went into Zach Randolph, because why? They said, well, I don't want to say they. Zach Randolph said, throw it to the hand. That's what he said. <laughs> exactly. Throw it to the hand. It's because he mentality. knew that if he had it, you couldn't stop him. And honestly, I'm not saying that Jaron doesn't think that way at all. I imagine he does. But he doesn't demand it enough that they know if that hand goes up, 
for Zebo, you if you're Mike Conley, you throw it to the hand because you know good <laughs> things are going to happen. And that's what happened is, honestly, when we're walking outside of whatever game that was and the entire crowd is, even after the game, just screaming, Zebo, Zebo, man, that, that brings chills back, man. That, that was good times. I, I got time. a question for you. That just popped into my head. I haven't thought this, this through is, at all, so we'll dangerous. see. Do you think – because I – same thing, Jaron on a lot of offensive possessions runs and he stands in the corner. Part of what drives us crazy, right? Why didn't he try and go get the ball? Do you think Jaron does a little bit on offense sometimes what Ja does on defense a lot of the times where he is roaming around, playing free safety, running around on the defensive end of the court and he's saving his energy for that and doesn't want to have to go to the other side of the court and have to battle mm. inside. Do you think that might be part of it? No, because he doesn't even play defense. Jaron doesn't play defense. Jaron is a free safety on defense. Well, that's what I'm he's, saying. He's running from left to right a lot. But he's not right, but he's not doing enough to what would tire him out, in all honesty. Okay. Okay. I, I think what it is is I think it is the offense a little bit of saying, hey, let's create space. But what should happen if it was me is I would run Jaron baseline corner to corner is what I would do. If Jaron gets really good at that short corner three, but also he is a on a pick and roll from Steve-O on Ja. You have you always have a guy that's cutting to the basket as a seven footer who you can throw a lob to. Always. That's how they're I, that's how the offense would work for me because what happens yeah. is you either stay home, right? And you and you and you stay on Jaron, or if you come off of him, I'm gonna throw him a lob. Good luck. You're not stopping either. You're not stopping Ja going to the rim, and you're not stopping yeah. a lob to Jaron. You're just not. And then you have Steve O coming and cleaning up anything that might happen that goes bad. Yep. So that's how my offense would work if it was me with those guys. And then you can always kick it out to a Dylan open three, which he's been very good at. And then Desmond, who is absolutely back right now. And he's starting he to feel himself. Ever, man. Um, he's, he, he, he's, he's feeling good. Um, yep. But let's go ahead and move it on a little bit. Of um, Let's go to the next games a little bit on game predictions. Before that, we're going to hit on some of what is, uh, is going to be happening on that show. Uh, so let me give a little bit of insight to uh, probably, I guess nobody else knows this, but Rafael Barlow um, will be absolutely with us on the post-game show. Uh, Nate will not be here. Sorry, Nate. Uh, but we're going to have Rafael with us as well as um, Ryan. <laughs> sorry, I almost forgot Ryan's name. Ryan Meadows, who's the other guy, my other co-host, uh, will be here. Uh, on the show. So Raphael is a NBA draft guy. Um, he says that con I'm going to read his uh, bio on Twitter. It makes it easier. Content creator, podcast host, director of scouting at the NBA big board. He is a NBA draft junkies founder, whatever any of that means, but yeah, he's on the NBA big is where a lot of his stuff's from. Honestly, Raphael Barlow is a, one of the main guys that you look to on any NBA draft coverage. And so he'll be with us uh, on the, the post game show after the next game. Uh, we're going to have a chance to talk a little bit about Jake LaRavia. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about David Roddy, which will be fun. We're going to hit on junior. We can't leave out junior, right? We got to, we'll, we'll bring junior up, right? 
But uh, but those three are the things that we're going to talk about. Some of the things that he's going to bring up, as well as some people we need to watch in the draft that's coming. People that might actually fit in really good with the Grizzlies. And so maybe he'll be just as good as Nate was calling David Roddy to the Grizzlies. Maybe he won't. Say, those are some big shoes to fill on Grizz 901 draft stuff. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but... Toot, toot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, go get your Grizz merch, uh, Grizz901 merch, grindcitydesigns.com backslash Grizz901. Uh, our presenting sponsor is Zach Jaworski State Farm. Uh, they treat you like family 100%. If you need any automobile, home, condo, rental, jewelry, life, whatever, go get insurance. Let them know that the Grizz901 team sent you at 901 443-4798, ZachInsuranceMemphis.com. You can get a free quote there, and they will make sure they give you a really good quote. A quote that you seem fair, right? Save you a little money. Just go over there and give our guy, Zach, and his team. They have offices in East Memphis as well as Collierville. They'll give, them, give you a quote pretty quickly. 901-443-4798, Zach Jaworski, State Farm. All right, if you haven't had a chance, go ahead and give us a rate and review on the podcast. If you're here on YouTube, thank you for hanging out with us. Give us a uh, hit us up in the chat if you normally don't, uh, but go ahead and uh, hit us up in the chat. But also subscribe to our channel at Grizz901. Let's get into what's upcoming, and that's going to be the same thing, right? We're going to the same game, same team. I have one big question. This is not about the game in general, and we don't want to spend too much time on here. Do you think they should sit some people for next game? Mm, not really. Why? Why would you think they should? Well, when you have a chance, why wouldn't you? Because you as have a, two as days a GM, off a coach, huh? They got a full two days off before their next game. After that, I get it. But let's say, let's say, and this is the main guy I think should sit, and that's Jaron. Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe Desmond Bain, maybe Steve O. Steve O obviously just, you know, maybe turn his ankle a little bit. I think Steve O would be fine because he was just able to sit out a game. But I think a guy like Jaron would be kind of important. I don't know the last game that Jaron has missed, but giving a chance to go ahead and give some extra time, the difference of two days off, you get four days off. So you get Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before you play again on Saturday. That's big. In the middle of a season, game 41, halfway through, even though Jaron has been amazing, I, I think this is a good chance to give our guys a rest. So would you, as a coach, give these guys a little bit of rest? I would give Jaron a rest. Maybe Dez coming off of the injury, but doesn't seem like they are too concerned about that. But if I was going to give anyone a rest, it would be Jaron. Okay. But I think, I mean, I I think it might depend on if Jaws out again. You know, they might hold him out still because he, Jaws, it hadn't just been the thigh. I mean, obviously the thigh is a new thing. That ankle hadn't been right since he hurt that either. They might take that opportunity to give him a full week hmm. off before coming back. You know, I, as much as we all want to see him back on the court, I wouldn't be surprised to see him held back out and them to give a bunch of guys rest. So if Jaws held out, I think they rest a bunch of dudes. Honestly, really? if yeah, because it's like one of those. All right, we've won seven straight, playing with some house money. 
let's give the young guys some run, give Roddy a chance to make sure he gets some minutes, right? You don't, I don't think they want to keep him out of the lineup, keep him away from minutes too long. I think they think he might contribute later on in the year. Laravia gets a chance to get in there. I don't think they'll let Zaire sit. I, I imagine Zaire will get in there still. And uh, I don't think they're in any kind of hurry to bring BC back either. So, But if Ja comes back, I think they might keep a few guys in there so he's not trying to go Superman because it's just him out there. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit on uh, BC. I believe that they were targeting to bring him back this week after everything's kind of turned out the way it's <laughs> turned out. Uh, my understanding is they're waiting to bring him back next week. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that he's ready to play now. That just means that they moved the target date back. Whatever that means. Take it as you want. Um, I would like to see some young guys get some run. I'd be down with that completely. My whole thing is, is I don't want to have too many young guys because then honestly, it can get off the rails quickly, right? Our G League team isn't great, okay? And that's mainly who is on our you, bench. You know, you know what I'd love to see is Vince Williams. The stuff I've been seeing about him with the hustle and the things I've been hearing about him with the hustle, yeah. not just the box scores, but some of the chatter around it. I'd like to see him come and play a little bit. So, you know what? I actually wouldn't be too surprised that they held Jai out and then held everybody out. Let the guys get a bunch of run. Now, now you've talked through it. I wouldn't be surprised about that. You see, I just think that they're going to go ahead and try to get a win. I don't think they're going to hold back on not getting a win. Whatever. Not but necessarily so, everybody, but more right. people than I would think. Like I wouldn't think about leaving Bain out, Zaire yeah. out, Jaron out. Um, Jaron's really the only one, but maybe they give Steve-O a little bit. I don't yeah. know. that. The ankle worries me a little bit because he just – constantly rolls that thing well um Xavier we'll Tillman see. is really good against uh nobodies so just keep playing them right just keep playing <laughs> against these nobodies get that Tillman's draft stock up I'm not draft stock. Been trade stock. awesome he has been trained uh he has been playing awesome but uh Tillman I know you're uh, the best man of Jaron but uh hey you're playing great get that trade stock up <laughs> this is looking this is working out for everybody uh a little um a little wrench in the plans and we're about to get out of here, so uh, we won't be here too much longer. But the uh, the hustle have a game Wednesday, and it's an away game, so we will know a hundred percent whether or not that they're going, who is going to be at the game. And I think we'll get a good feeling tomorrow. So Tuesday, uh, we'll get the full Grizz PR. I think it, it should come up uh, probably one o'clock in the afternoon. I believe it does come out. Uh, we'll get a full. Uh, understanding on how the Grizzlies are going to approach that game. Um, if they do not send anybody back to the hustle by one o'clock on uh, Tuesday, then I'd imagine that they're going to keep <clears> it here <throat> and it's going to be a, definitely a G League heavy game. Um, just because I think they have a chance to get a win, but they have to have a point guard to lead the way. And I think you have to have either Tyus or Ja to lead the way. You cannot have just one PG. Um, and I don't see them sitting Tyus. So um, I, I think that we'll find out tomorrow either way on that. And either way, Junior's not playing. All right. Sorry. I apologize, everybody. Junior's not going to be there. He'll be <laughs> he'll be in uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Yep, Wisconsin. Playing the herd in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Lucky Junior. Yeah, and that's okay with me. 
Wow. All right. <laughs> that's now all that I got. Uh, I'm okay with Junior not playing. Now that we pissed everybody off. Yeah, tonight, honestly, there was, wasn't much to talk about. The Grizzlies won in a uh, throwaway game. It was kind of boring. Thank you all for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, it has been a lot of fun. Uh, Wednesday night, we're going to be talking a lot about draft stuff. And it will be about the young players because Rafael will have a very much an insight on to a lot of these uh, guys that are really going to be on the court. And we're probably not going to be talking about just the Grizzlies, right? We're going to be talking about some of the Spurs, the, the guys on the other side, as well as guys around the league. Also, you know we got to talk about Wimbayama. Like, he's coming into the league. Everybody's tanking for Wim- Wimby. So we're going to make sure we talk about him as well. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you tune into here. We will be going live here probably 10 o'clock again, Central Time, uh, on YouTube. If you have any questions for Rafael Barlow, please come in, put them in the chat. We'll make sure we get them to him and see if we can uh, kind of answer some some questions that you all might have about any kind of people that might be uh, drafting. So uh, that's all I have. Nate, do you have anything before we get out of here? Nothing. Nothing. Keep on the lookout. We got a few new articles that just got turned in. We're going to get them cleaned up, put out. So got some articles coming out of Grizzly. But other than that, no. Enjoy Wednesday. I'll be enjoying uh, – just watching a game and not talking about it. Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) I enjoy that the most. Um, Yeah. We're going to have a show this Wednesday. And then after that, we will not, it's my wife's birthday coming up. Uh, Her actual birthday is Sunday uh, and her dad's is Friday. So we have a, uh, we have a fun filled weekend. So Wednesday will be our, our only other show for Grizz on a one for this week. Uh, But make sure you go check out the no bluffing podcast. Those guys, uh, they're raw. They're, they're great. Uh, the team there with with Nicole, Chris, and Luke are always good. And then you also have the free basketball guys. If you haven't heard about Last Mascot Standing, please go listen <laughs> to free basketball. I don't care if you don't like more NBA stuff. We're working on that show. We're trying to integrate a little bit of uh, a Grizzlies slash NBA hybrid of uh, giving a lot of the, the NBA news and what's going on around the league as well as giving the spin of the Grizzlies. But um, one of the guys there, Cody, who is very, very funny, he always brings up something random, and he's made up this last mascot standing tournament. And so mainly you're just putting mascots up against each other. And this past (laughs) week it was uh, the Grizzlies against, uh, was it a a Laker? I think it was Grizzlies versus the Laker. And, yeah, it was. And Heat and Thunder. Heat and Thunder. And the Thunder one was the funniest because – Ryan kept thinking about lightning the whole entire time. Everything went back to lightning and how a thunderstorm and all this. And, and Cody kept saying that it's, Hey, it's just thunder. It's just the sound, the thunder. There's nothing thunder, to do with the lightning. Yeah. So it was, it was actually pretty comical, but um, the only thing scared of thunder we found out is uh, babies and chihuahuas. Right. That's it. I think that is the only thing thunder can defeat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, rate and review us. Uh, if you want to hear something, if you have somebody you, we should bring on, let me know. Uh, I have my ways of finding people and bringing them on. Uh, we will eventually get some more college coaches on here. It's taking a little bit of time. These post-game shows are throwing a wrench in our plans. I'm waiting for a big Jitty game to release my, my big interview with uh, Coach John Kaufman. Uh, but he hasn't had a big game yet. So I'm trying to hold on to that. I'm put, I get that one's that one's in the bank. We're gonna hold on to that for a little bit. So uh, but that's all we have. You know how we do it. We end this show. Be nice and tell your friends.